just to like picture yourself, you know, back or just you and God. Like, I feel like a little kid who's being put back to sleep. <laughs> That's such a beautiful song. Like I could have just like dozed off to that song. How you guys doing this morning? Yes, yes, I love hearing that. Yes, indeed. Um, I have two concepts that I've been hearing over the past couple weeks that I wanted to share with you guys. I feel it's very fitting for just where God is is leading us right now. And these two concepts are, 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 are this. The first is, it's a trust issue. And I had been hearing that. I've been hearing God say, it's a trust issue, it's a trust issue, it's a trust issue. He kept just telling me this. I kept hearing this in, in, in my head. And then about a week later, I kept hearing three words, like a child, like a child, like a child. And I didn't know they were related, but I just kept hearing these, and I couldn't, couldn't shake it. So I'm going to share these two concepts with you as I've meditated on what he had been saying, and we're going to just see how this kind of comes together. So the first is, it's a trust issue. We have all these issues that come up. You might feel anxious. You might feel like things are heavy. God just is saying, it's not those things. It's a trust issue. It's an issue of trusting in me and not your ability to accomplish that task. It's a matter of trust. Like, so I've been asking myself, well, do you trust God? If that thought pops up that might bring anxiety, the thought, you know what I'm talking about, the one that like raises your heartbeat a little bit, the one that kind of gets you to like maybe like clench your fist a little bit as you're just kind of thinking things through, to stop and to think about what you're thinking about and to say, no, you know what? I, I trust in you, God. I will trust. I will choose to trust in you. I will choose to trust in you. See, the anxiety comes when we feel like we put it on ourselves. And see, we all know this theologically. Like, Everyone knows that we need to trust God, okay? But I just don't know if our lifestyle matches that theology. We want to become people who have that type of lifestyle. The lifestyle that reflects exactly what we know and we confess to believe. And you see, every time we trust God, what it does is it builds confidence in us. It builds this confidence in us. Take your Bibles, and I want you to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17. See, the more and more we trust God, like I said, the more confident we become and the more willing and the more naturally, I guess I'll say, we're ready to trust him with the next thing. I want to read a, a passage here in 1 Samuel 17, verse 32 through 34. 
This is probably one of the coolest passages. One of the coolest. The, the run-up to this is you have David. You guys are familiar with the story David and Goliath? Yes? Okay. So David is a young boy here. He's probably between 12 and 15, definitely younger than 20. We don't know his exact age, but about 12, 15. He's not old enough to enlist into war. And he gets wind of this Philistine, this giant who's mocking God's people day in and day out. No one wants to fight this guy. No one. And so David comes to Saul, who was king at that point in time, and they have this conversation here. 1 Samuel 17, verse 32. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart So David's talking to King Saul. Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth. And this this has been a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear... And took the lamb from the flock. I went after him and I struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he rose against me, I caught him by the beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them. For he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and let the Lord be with you. David comes into Saul's presence and he says, look, don't let these guys. Don't let any one of these guys lose courage because of this guy, this Philistine. Don't, 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 don't let any one of these men lose heart. I'm going to go get this guy. And Saul, looking in the natural, King Saul says, well, <laughs> you know, you're just a boy. This guy has been a man of war since he was a boy. And David's like, King Saul, let me tell you about my history with God. Let me tell you about my history. Let me tell you about my history. Let me tell you about my history. David had history to talk about. He had moments with God where he trusted in him. And no one's around. He had moments where he trusted in God. When no one was looking. Only him and God. He trusted God. And he got to see God deliver. This is in David's job. He's at work. And he's seeing these things. 
he's seeing God deliver in his job. Again, when no one's looking. Do we have these testimonies where we've trusted God with some really, really deep things that no one knows about? When no one's around, we've trusted him and we've got to see him come through. That builds confidence. That builds confidence. That builds trust. Steve and I were talking a little bit ago this morning about how this is a pretty intense time for us. Two full-time jobs. And, you know, there's just a lot going on. What I can tell you right now is definitely not as intense as getting mauled and attacked by a bear or a lion. <laughs> like, dude, that is intense, man. And he said, yeah, and he's a boy. He's a boy, David. But yet, he said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the bear is the same Lord that's going to deliver me in this. He just uh, trusted God. And he had that confidence to go back and say, let's, let's jump into the history. I, th I was meditating on um, just the, m the mere fact how important history is with God. It wasn't even on these verses. It was just the, the, the idea that how important our personal history is with God. And I was reflecting on some of the ways I've trusted God that none of you in this room know about. And it was almost like, uh, it was like a storybook. And I'm sitting there meditating on this. And God just gave me this, this vision of like Noah. And I wonder what it was like when Noah's, the floods, the floods already there in full force, and he's in the ark, and he is walking inside the ark, the whole thing made out of wood, just touching different panels and different walls, and reflecting on, well, I remember where I was when I built this, because it took Noah years to build this thing. I remember where I was when I, when I, when we put this one up. Oh, I remember that was such a tough day. I remember I was, I was just so exhausted. I remember my hands were blistered, but I just kept pushing through. Oh, God, that's such a tough day. Such a big piece. And I remember where I was here when I put this one up. I was so discouraged. People were mocking me, but I just continued to trust in you, God. As he's running his hand through the wood, the inside of this ark that he built, you know, the things that you've built, the things you put time into, you can reflect on that, and, and it takes you back. We've got history in those moments. And you see, just like Noah, God showed me that as Noah is, had gone through these areas, these seasons of life where he's trusted God, and he's running his hands through the wood, reflecting on it, all of those moments, and in Noah's case, all those planks of wood, build up into an ark. 
It's a refuge. It's a safe place. It's a place to dwell when the floods come. Boy, I know he is so thankful as he was walking through that place that he trusted God because he built with the Father a place for himself to dwell. And that is exactly what you and I get to do. Every time we trust God, we are building essentially an ark with him, a protection. Because it builds this place of confidence, this place to dwell with him. Do you follow that? Again, we get this theologically, but we want to match our lifestyle to it. So every day is a new day to trust God. Because that thought you're having that brings that anxiety, it's just a trust issue. This is a great opportunity to trust you, God. And I will say, I will be a man who says, and you will be a woman who says, I will trust you, God. I'll trust you in this. I don't know how to do it, but I'll trust you. I'll just trust you. I trust you. I trust you, God. I trust you. You see, we don't want to be just like people who tried to do the things that Jesus said to do. Catch this. We don't want to be people who just try to do the things that Jesus said to do. We want to be people that become the type of person who would naturally do the things that Jesus has instructed us to do. It's like muscle memory. I want to get to a place where we just, that's just who we, we just, we are people that trust God. I just, I do just trust him. I'm not giving money because I, oh, I have to give. He says give. I just, that's just what we do. We trust him with that. I'm not someone who's like, you've got to speak in tongues. You've got to speak in tongues. No, I just, over time, just catch myself just speaking in the spirit, praying and praising him. And then I think about what I'm doing. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm praising him. That's just, I've become that person. It's a process, though. But God wants us to, he's so much more interested in who we become than merely what we're doing for him. We can do, he just doesn't want us to try to do all the right things because essentially you, you can't do all the right things. You have to become the type of person. It has to happen within. And that's why God says you must be a new creation. You, has, you must understand that you, you've got to actually be born again. You have to start fresh. You have to have new birth. You have to have the power of the Holy Spirit now resting in you to be able to be the type of person that I have called you to be. Conformed in the image of Jesus Christ. Jesus put it like this in Matthew 18. I'm going to read verse 1 through 4. His disciples came to Jesus and they said, Jesus, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. For whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. You must turn and become like children. 
truly I say to you, and then he says this in Mark, Mark 10, 15, another record. He says, truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of heaven like a child shall not enter into it. I told you earlier, it's a trust thing, and I've been hearing like a child about a week later. We are to not just be people who trust God, trust God, trust God, trust God. Nah, we are to become like children. Because a child is one who has absolute dependency, absolute trust, is an absolute wonder and awe, and there's absolute purity and innocence in that child. And that is our relationship with the Father. You see, the in Scripture, it says we are to like grow into the maturity of Christ, right? where we gain more wisdom, we gain more knowledge, and we become more like him, like big brother Jesus. But it's never, ever, ever, ever meant to take away from the relationship that you have with the Father as a child. First Peter 2.2 2 puts it like this. Peter says, like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up into salvation. Like newborn infants long for that milk. Like newborn infants. See, that's your standing with the Father. My standing with the Father, your standing with the Father ought to be just ones who are just, just like tiny kids just looking up to the Father saying, what do you want to do today, Dad? I trust you in all ways. not worried about their past. Because a kid doesn't have too much of a past to think about (laughs) to hinder them from the great wonder of tomorrow, like their imagination to run wild. I believe God wants to restore that type of wonder with us. So to the rest of the world, and even to each other as we look at each other, as we fellowship with one another, as we live life with one another, we are growing up mature in Christ, okay? So we're growing more mature. That's what we get to see. But what he gets to see ought to be someone who's just a little kid, who just wants to be held, who trusts in all ways. He's not impressed with our knowledge he's just not impressed with our knowledge or 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 the wisdom he's given us he's just not it's just like he doesn't care about that what he cares about is our humility towards him and our wonder the type of trust that we are to have in him when you look at scripture in the new testament all the times that jesus marveled it said jesus marveled which blows me away that Whatever that was, was awesome. If you made Jesus marvel, that's great, man. I want, I want a part of that. How do I do that? And you look at the records, and it's all based on people having great faith. 
just absolute trust, absolute, using their imagination. Like, <laughs> I believe you can do that, even though it's not, even though it's not time. I, I still believe you can do that. centurion was like no you don't even have to come you just 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 say the word and they'll be healed he's like wow okay i get it (laughs) okay kids are impressionable kids are impressionable when we look at the Father, let us be impressionable. Sometimes we, I feel like we, we, we look at God, we look at Scripture, but then we don't want to do that because it looks weird to everybody else. Like in praise and worship, are, is it okay? What, what, if you were just, what if you just raised your hand while we were singing to him? Just because it's you and him. It's you and your heavenly father. See, we become what we worship. What, 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 what we look at, we become. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we all, with an unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So in other words, we all who are beholding as if in a mirror that's reflecting back the glory of the Lord, we are becoming like that from one degree of glory to the next. It's just kids. That's what kids, like when we watch football, me and the kids and Danny, it's no matter within just a few minutes that we got to start playing catch, right? We got to start doing it. We were having dinner outside the other night, and pest control comes for their weekly spray, and the guy comes with this whole backpack on, and he's spraying the house. And Brody and Lily have a tree house, and Brody sees them. And so in just a matter of minutes after the guy leaving, Brody goes and gets his water gun, his backpack, with a hose, and starts spraying down his house. That's awesome. Just impressionable, you know? Not worried about what anyone else is thinking. He's he's just just playing, you know? Doesn't care about how silly it might look. This is like that's Do we have that type of relationship with our father where I don't care how silly I sound in public. I'm going to praise. I'm going to lift my voice up to you, God, because it's me and you anyway. I'm going to sing out loud because it's me and you anyway. I don't care about them. You see, it's a process, though, is returning back. And like Jesus said, becoming like children. And now I'm talking about your relationship with him. The more humble we get with him, the more he exalts us out there. Like David, he could have never... God trusted him in public because he was trustworthy in private. 
becoming like children. Becoming like children. Like I said, God is so interested in, in helping us become that type of person. And that happens in the mind. We have to be strong in the mind. We have to think about what we're thinking about. We have to think about the process in which we have thought about things and recognize, is that the type... Is that the type of mindset that we should be taking? It's about carving out and developing new neurological pathways that align with godliness. And this is what Jesus, see, Jesus didn't just tell his guys what to do. He, he, he helped them with their mindset. In Matthew 6, 18, the disciples, uh, 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 Matthew 16, 8, uh, they're talking with each other, and Jesus says that they're, they're talking about not having enough food. Okay. And Jesus, in verse 8, aware of this, said, You of little faith, why are you discussing among yourselves that you don't have any bread? Do you not perceive? Do you not remember the five baskets for the 5,000? Remember that? Do you not remember how many baskets we gathered? The King James Version says, why do you reason that you have no bread? Like, why is your reasoning, why is your reasoning start with what you don't have? Why, why do you reason that you don't have, why are you reasoning that you didn't get, why is your reasoning start with you not getting enough sleep? Why does your reasoning start with you don't have enough Money. Why does your reasoning start with you don't have enough time? Why does your reasoning start with what you don't have? And Jesus is trying to flip it in their understanding to say, hey, look, do you not remember what we did? Do you not remember our history? Do you not remember the five loaves for the 5,000? Let, let that be the baseline of where your mind can go. A place of wonder, a place of imagination. Like you couldn't even have dreamt Jesus is going to multiply these loaves to feed all of these people. But it's possible. It's possible. Like a child. Where all things are possible. What do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be this. And slay dragons and like, you know, wrestle dinosaurs. Fantastic. Yes. That type of wonder. That type of innocence, type of purity, that's what he is longing for. Again, where your past, your, your past um, shortcomings, let's say, doesn't, he, he's, he's not, don't think about those, he says. Like, I got your past. It's a new day. It's a new day. It's a new day. I want to close with this verse. It's Isaiah 6, 11. 11, 6, excuse me. Isaiah 11, 6. This is a kind of a snapshot of what it looks like when all things are restored on earth, when heaven is fully restored, 
on earth. And so we get an idea of what it looks like for the kingdom of God on earth, okay, in its entirety, in its entirety. Verse 6, the wolf shall lie down with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion and the fatted calf together, and a little child shall lead them. The wolf shall lie down with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion and the fatted calf together, and a little child shall lead them. Get that picture. This is kingdom living. This is, this is how God set this up. Think about the peace and the confidence, the boldness and the innocence of this kid. It understands its value. It understands its place in the father's family. It understands its purpose to have dominion. Think about the peace and the confidence and the authority that this kid has, this little child has as he leads these lions. In the five census realm, that, that creature is far superior. But not one, not a little one, who knows its place with the Father. He beholds the Spirit of God. He has no fear because he trusts in his Father. This is kingdom living. This is kingdom living. I just believe so firmly that God is just calling us back into this place of just innocence with him. Where you're, you're kind of doing away with some of the things that you have maybe built up as walls or barriers from experiencing him like he wants you to experience him. Trust. It's a trust issue. Ask yourself, when you get hit with that thought, when you get hit with that feeling, do I trust you? And then I want you to say, God, I trust you. I trust, I trust that you have this. And I will step out. We're building history right now. We're building our history. We're building the safe place. You're building confidence in me. And I'm going to step out to uncomfortable things because I know that this is developing and this is shaping me for tomorrow. Unless you become like children, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Let's meditate on that this week and weeks following. Amen. I love you guys. God bless you. Thank you, Garrett. You know, I don't often think about that uh, David was a kid. <laughs> just, you know, it's, it's there. I mean, it's not like it's hidden someplace. But that was just wonderful. The Christian life is not supposed to be complicated. Deep, but not complicated, which is wonderful. But, but Garrett asked me as we close up today if I would share a little bit about giving. And, uh, oh, here it says ways to give. That's not what I'm talking about, though. 
I want to talk about two ways to give, and it, I'm not talking about writing checks or using PayPal, okay? <laughs> what I'm talking about, when we give, we're given two ways. You give of who you are, and then you give of what you have. And that's the proper ordering. And overall, giving is honoring God. It is an expression of thanksgiving towards God for everything that he has done for us. It's a partnership with God in our life, because we, we go about our lives. We can go about our lives on our own, or we can go about our lives with a senior partner. And that would be, a, God would be a good one to choose in that regard. And uh, it's also, an, giving is an act of faith, because you have to believe, trust, have confidence that, okay, God said this, I'm going to trust you, God. I'm going to trust you with my life. You've already trusted him with your eternity. And, you know, giving involves so much more than money and our physical resources. Those are secondary. Those follow the most important thing, which is giving God of who you are. That's what he wants. He doesn't want what you have. He wants who you are. And, you know, it's interesting. When you see in Israel, in the Old Testament, God encouraged them and set before them to give a tithe of what they had. Okay, that's 10%, this old English word tithe. But what people don't think about is he asked for one-seventh of their time. That's what the Sabbath is. It's one day. God asked for one-seventh of their lives to be set apart for him. And Corinthians, 2 Corinthians anyway, deals with two aspects of giving that I think are just wonderful. Corinth was a city that Paul started the word in, and in chapter 8, in verse 3, Paul is saying here about the Macedonians, he says, for I testify, they gave according to their means and beyond their means. They did so voluntarily, begging us with great earnestness for the blessing and fellowship of helping the saints. And they did this not just as we had hoped, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and to us by the will of God. First, I give myself to the Lord. That's, the mo that's always the most important thing to God. First themselves, then their resources. And then in chapter 9 of this same book, it says, the point is this, in verse 6 of chapter 9. I love it when God tells me what he's talking about. The point is this, so that you don't have to like wonder about it. This is the point. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And here's the trust aspect of it. God is able to make all grace abound toward you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Do we trust that God is telling the truth there? And Garrett, I was over at his house last week, and we were talking about how do we describe giving? Many churches use the Old Testament concept of the tithe. And it's not that the tithe doesn't work. It's not that God's abundant blessings are not still that way. But the tithe, I have a problem with the word tithe for two reasons. One, people don't know what the word means if you're outside the church. And if you're inside the church, too many people use it as an obligation. And when in Christ, we have exchanged obligations for invitation. 
God invites us to be a part of his kingdom. He invites us to be a part of his work. And you know what his work is? Making disciples out of the whole world. That is God's work. That's what we participate in. When we receive an offering, that's what we're using it for. God's work. So what we wanted to do was come up, we wanted to use terms that are both simple and biblical. And there are two that are both simple and biblical. Giving is simple and offering is simple. You know what it means to offer your life. You know what it means to give. Those would work best. Pick which one you like. You're going to give, you're going to offer. But first, make it your soul. And here at Fellowship, our offerings almost are entirely concerned with finances. I mean, people don't bring in their sheep and, you know, a sack of corn. But as you look to God, and this is how you should give of your resources, look to God, God, what should I give of my resources? And I know a lot of believers that ask that of God. But how about asking him this, what should I give of my life for God? How should I give of my life? And whatever he tells you, start doing that. And uh, believe me, we will, we will not get in your way. <laughs> so uh, watch what he will do, right. So I'm going to close this in prayer. It's wonderful to be with you uh, and to share God's love together. That's what I like about being together. We get to share God's love one with another. So, Father, we thank you for this time we've had together. We thank you, God, that we can carry your presence through the week. And I ask you, Father, to continue to bless us in all ways and to open our eyes to all that you are doing around us so that we have the opportunity to join you. And I pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Have a wonderful week. God bless you.